Christian Science Weekly Bible Lesson, July 28. Subject, Travel. Golden Text from Isaiah, the Bible. The highways lie waste, the traveler ceases. Covenants are broken, cities are despised. There is no regard for man. The land mourns and languishes. Lebanon is confounded and withers away. Sharon is like a desert, and Basham and Carmel shake off their leaves. Now I will arise, says the Lord. Now I will lift myself up. Now I will be exalted. Exodus. Then Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you came out from Egypt, out of the house of slavery. For by a strong hand the Lord brought you out from this place. No leavened bread shall be eaten. Today, in the month of Abib, you are going out. And when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites and Amorites, the Havites and the Jebusites, which he swore to your fathers to give you, a land flowing with milk and honey, you shall keep this service in this month. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh day there shall be a feast to the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten for seven days. No leavened bread shall be seen with you, and, and no leaven shall be seen with you in all your territory. You will tell your son on that day, It is because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. And it shall be <clears throat> to you as a sign on your hand and as a memorial between your eyes that the law of the Lord may be in your mouth. For with a strong hand, the Lord has brought you out of Egypt. You shall therefore keep this statute as its appointed time from year to year. When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, as he swore to you and your fathers and shall give it to you, you shall set it apart to the Lord all that first opens the womb, all the firstborn of your animals that are males shall be the Lord's. Every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb, or if you will not redeem it, you will break its neck. Every firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. And when in time to come your son asks you, what does this mean? You shall say to him, by a strong hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. For when Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn and of man and the firstborn of animals. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all the males that first open the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. It shall be as a mark on your hand or frontlets between your eyes, for by the strong hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. 
and they moved on from Succoth and encamped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, and they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. 21st Century Science and Health Moses advanced a nation to the worship of God in spirit instead of matter and illustrated the grand human capacities of being bestowed by immortal mind. God will take care of us as we travel a trajectory unfolding new views of divine goodness and love. Science is the guide, never pausing but leading to divine thoughts with a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. Empower yourself with the thought that substance is purely mental and the movements and transitions possible for the human mind will be found equally possible for the body. Being is alive. Death is obsolete, although some insist that death is the necessary prelude to immortality. Human imagination draws an angels with superstitious outlines, but they have no reality except in the artist's own observation and secret chambers of idle pictures. Angels are not otherworldly, mortal-like beings traveling on physical forces. Angels are heavenly visitors traveling on metaphysical forces. Angels are pure thoughts from God, having diverse individualities. Angels are empowered by truth and love. Angels are spiritual. Their symbols embody an unseen quality or condition similar to Michelangelo's David. Angels are exalted thoughts, glowing through cracks to the depth of darkness where human thinking has buried its worthy hopes. Exalted thoughts lead us to new and glorified trust, to higher ideals of life and joys. Angels are God's representatives. These ascending beings never lead toward selfishness, sin, or materiality, but guide to the divine principle of all good, where every real individuality, image, or likeness of God gathers. The movement of mind and of honest investigation will bring the hour when people will stop in some way the mysteriousness that increases with material knowledge, apathy toward the tendency of certain active yet unseen mental agencies will finally be shocked into another extreme mortal mood, into human indignation, for one extreme follows another. Matthew. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat, so do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do, for they preach, but do not practice. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel across sea and land to make a single proselyte, and when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. 21st Century Science and Health
constantly turn away from the objects of the human mind and look toward the imperishable things of spirit. If honest, you will be in earnest from the start and joyfully gain a little each day in the right direction. If persistent, you will make the transition from limited substance to the substantial unlimited. We seek truth not for the loaves and fishes, and not like the Pharisees with the arrogance of professional status and display of academia. Pharisee. Bodily and sensuous belief. Self-righteousness. Vanity. Hypocrisy. Who are we traveling with? If, from Boston, my friends are going to New Zealand, while I'm headed to California, we obviously are not traveling together. We have separate time zones to consider, different routes to pursue, and opposite climates to contemplate. Our journeys have diverged from the start, and we don't have much opportunity to help each other. On the other hand, if my friends pursue my direction, we have the same itinerary and interest. If I take up their line of travel, they help me on, and our companionship may continue. On our spiritual journey, if we sympathize with mortality, we will be at the beck and call of error and follow a zigzag course, getting nowhere. If we travel with the worldly-minded, we get sucked into a nasty cycle. A good example of this is randomly walking around the shopping mall, making feel-good purchases, and eating junk food with friends. We return home thinking we had a good time and feeling satisfied. However, when rethinking the situation, we realize that too much time and money was wasted. So we repeat the trip to the mall, but buy books on time and financial management or on dieting. Our moral and spiritual progress is monotonously slow if we constantly bounce back and forth between futile habits and the hope of forgiveness. Selfishness and stupidity cause constant retrogression. We must wake up to Christ's demand. However, the waking generally causes suffering. We may even feel like we are drowning and struggle to stay above water. Through Christ's precious love, our efforts are rewarded with success. Because truth is infinite, error should be known as nothing. Because truth is omnipotent in goodness, truth's opposite, error, has no power. Evil is only the counterbalance of non-existence. The greatest wrong is supposing that there is an opposite of the highest right. The confidence inspired by science lies in the fact that truth is real and truth's opposite is unreal, is an error. Error is a coward before truth. Divine science insists that time will prove all this. Both truth and error have come nearer than ever before to the perception of human beings, and truth will continue to appear as error is self-destroyed. A dreamer can find their self in distant places meeting friends. The dreamer's body is carried through the air and over the ocean, but the onlooker sees the dreamer's body slumped in bed. This shows the possibilities of thought. 
hallucinogenic drugs also may temporarily cause the user to mentally travel far and work wonders, yet their bodies stay in one place, showing a grave disconnect and loss of control. Hallucination, delusion, and uncontrolled states of consciousness point to illusory knowledge. What is termed physical sense can report only a mortal temporary sense of things, whereas spiritual sense can bear witness only to truths. To human sense, the unreal is the real until this sense is corrected by Christian science. Physical sense flaunts the belief that mind is temporal. Human belief, shifting between feelings of satisfaction and dissatisfaction, hope and fear, life and death, never breaks through the limiting factors of the mortal or the unreal. Ah, but when the real is experienced, joy is no longer fragile and hope is no longer a con artist. Spiritual ideas, like numbers and notes, start from principle and admit no limiting factors. Spiritual ideas lead up to their divine origin, God, and to the spiritual sense of being. Spiritual perception, excelling over mutable, mutable perceptions, involves intuition, hope, faith, understanding, spiritual experience, reality. Results correspond to the spiritual intent. The would-be healer is obligated not to bring hypocrisy, stupidity, inhumanity, or bad habits into the patient's environment. If these traits were present, the environment would be converted into a den of robbers. The unchristlike practitioner does not give to mind or body the joy and strength of truth. Vanity and negativity desecrate the temple of the Holy Spirit, and the patient's spiritual power to resuscitate themselves is damaged. The poor suffering heart needs its spiritual nutriment such as peace, patience in distress, and a priceless sense of the dear father mother's loving kindness. To cure a patient, the practitioner must first dismiss their own moral evils. Purification allows the practitioner to attain the spiritual freedom and ability to drive physical evils out of the patient. Healing will not radiate from someone who is so spiritually unproductive that they are unable to give drink to the thirsty or reach the patient's thought. Mental poverty alienates faith and understanding. The physician who lacks empathy for humanity is deficient in goodwill. The public then has the apostolic warrant for repeating those who say, I love God and hate their brothers or sisters are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. Not having spiritual goodwill, the physician lacks faith in the divine mind and can't recognize infinite love, which alone confers the healing power. Such a so-called scientist will strain out a gnat while they swallow the camels of bigoted, pompous learning. The physician must also pay attention so as not to be overwhelmed by either the hatefulness of sin or the unveiling of wrong thinking. 
in their own or his own attitude. Sick people are sometimes terrified by their beliefs, and sinners should be frightened by their own sinful thinking. However, the scientist of universal truth and love must be calm in the presence of both sin and disease, knowing that life is God and God is all. It takes effort not to bury the spirit of divine science in the burial clothes of its letter. If we would open the prison doors for the sick, we must first learn to bind up the brokenhearted. If we would heal by the spirit, we must not hide the talent of spiritual healing behind ostentatious status, ritualistic activities, or even somber piety. In the presence of a sick person, employ tender words and spiritual encouragement. Patiently remove all fears without gushing theories, stereotyped cliches, and rigid arguments, which are so many misrepresentations of divine science, aflame with divine love. 